Hey there, we're those sci-fi guys, and this is that those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes with way different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We're your hosts, and we are back. I am P.S. McKay, coming to you with a pinched nerve in my back. And boy, it's just telling me that I'm getting older. And I don't have anything else witty to say. I didn't even write it down, as you can tell. I'm D.T. Catman, and I don't need a scriptwriter. Oh, burn! <laughs> son of a, son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. So we're back. We're back. DT, how was your uh, time off? It's been a couple weeks since we last recorded. It is for everybody uh, who does celebrate. I hope everybody had a very nice holiday season, no matter what your holidays. And I hope uh, everybody's. New Year is off to a smashing start for those who celebrate the you know, Julian calendar. G- so. Gregorian calendar, I think. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they had to skip a couple months back in the 1500s because it was all off and yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. The, uh, the standard stuff that uh most of your paychecks have on it yeah <laughs> yes so uh so dt i i'd be remiss without uh, asking you how you know how'd your break go you know everything work out well with the family and everything well i did make a short uh sojourn back to the midwest to see my darling ladies wonderful which was quite nice uh too short yeah. came back here Spent New Year's with my sister and her friend before uh, going down and going to see the last uh, regular season Patriot home game with a few friends. Mm, and what a, what a last Gillette Stadium! What what a, what a final home game that was! Well, it sure was nice to watch him put a whooping on the Jaguars, <laughs> but I. I had to maintain uh, if they didn't beat the Jaguars, they didn't deserve to go to the playoffs. <laughs> agreed. I think everyone would have agreed with that, including Belichick himself. So, <laughs> yes. But how's it feel? I mean, so seeing the the Pats sort of back. I mean, he's got his own new quarterback now, and everything. Like, does it feel yeah. like? Does it feel like the 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 train has been righted and the tracks have smoothed out now? Well, it, it does feel nice to look forward to meaningful January football <laughs> after that disappointing year off. Um, and it's also does feel a little bit like the universe is back in order to a degree. <laughs> well, I mean, it should be commended that it only took a year for the Pats to be able to really readjust after having a quarterback for two decades. Yes. And <laughs> I don't want to put a lot of pressure on Mac because he's a, he's shown to be capable. He works hard. He's got the right attitude. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go ahead and, and try to dump all that pressure on him. <laughs> I just think, I with think <laughs> he's a very solid pick. Good. Good. Easily our best first round draft pick in a while. 
Well, when was the last time they ever used a first round round pick for what it was worth? Nikhil I mean, they Harry. always traded them away, didn't they? Well, let's see. We had Nikhil Harry. Oh, that was a bit of a dud. <laughs> well, all right. I mean, well, that's then, what it is. It's almost a lottery system. And then we had two in 2018 with Sony Michelle, who we traded away, and Isaiah yeah. Wynn, who is maddeningly inconsistent. <laughs> they didn't have a first-round pick in either the second or in either 2020 or 2017. The first-round pick in 2016. I don't think we used the first-round pick in 2016 either. It's been a while. It has been a while, and it was used to actually facilitate the team getting better directly rather than using it as a trade option. So <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, this isn't about mind sports, you, but the Patriots did spend a first round draft pick trading for Brandon cooks in 2017. So yeah, if you can right. get an impact player, even for one year with your first round pick, yeah, no, that that makes sense. It works. I mean, that's what it's for, right? Yeah. So it's just I just saying it's like out of the blue for Belichick. It, it's it's Belichick changed his his behavior, and he's not afraid to change his behavior in order to make sure that the team gets better. Right, because he didn't go into a big spending sprees often. Right. <laughs> um, and he blew the doors off the place. So. Right. Right. Exactly. So, well, that being said, I uh, had a stroke. Um, <laughs> I spent my time between Christmas and New Year's in the grand state of Hawaii, which I love. Um, we were able to go to the big island. And uh, it's really weird to celebrate New Year's in shorts. I've probably done that. <laughs> I, no, I, I was wondering if that. you have. Yeah. It's weird. My, it's weird. My, my first trip to Saudi, yes. I, I. Well, yeah, I was mostly in shorts. I did go to a New Year's party the night before where I was in nice slacks and a shirt, but mm -hmm. most of the time I was in shorts. Um, all the other New Year's I spent in the Middle East uh, were not days wearing shorts. <laughs> um, maybe. Sounds terrible. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe one of the years in Texas, maybe it might have been that warm. That could have been. Yeah, don't put it past Texas. Oh, I well, did... At least warm enough that a kid who grew up in Massachusetts wouldn't mind wearing shorts. It could be <laughs> yeah. like could be like fifty degrees. That's true. That's true. I did spend New Year's in Miami in two thousand two to two thousand three <clears throat> for the USC Orange Bowl game. Mm, yes, and I, so I traveled with the team there. And so I got to experience that then, but I was, you know, a stupid kid at that point, so we didn't really think of it. Because <laughs> it gets cold in Los Angeles. You can't really wear shorts in, in L.A., despite, 
despite what Hollywood tries to show you, it's cold in, in L.A. at this time of year. Like it'll fine cold. OK, so it'll get to high 30s at night. Low 40s, high 30s. It'll be that way at about 7, 8 a.m. So you're getting up, you're putting on a sweatshirt, you're putting on slacks or pants or something. Um, it may get to like low 50s in the afternoon at its highest point, but that lasts for maybe an hour. And then it gets colder again after that. And remember, it's a desert, so there's no humidity that keeps the, the, the warmth in the air. So are you mansplaining the desert to me? No, I'm mansplaining to our audience. You know, of course. I'm just pointing out to the audience. So, <laughs> so but I mansplain with the best of them. Do you know what mansplaining is? Because I'd be more than happy to explain that to you, too. No, 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 no. That's not how you do it. <laughs> That's... No, it's like, see what mansplaining is. It, 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 it's, it has to be more condescending. If you ask, it's... Oh, it's only a tad less condescending. Oh, that's true. And yes, Shh. folks, please do understand that two guys talking about mansplaining probably sounds like even more mansplaining. But I'll say it this. <laughs> it is something I am desperately trying to make sure that I avoid. Oh, no, we lost him. Oh, boy. You lost who? Uh, we lost you. It was, we lost you at it is something that, and then you froze. It is something I desperately try to avoid. Um, I'm usually a guy who likes to answer questions. So occasionally I will spout out something without answering a rhetorical question can sometimes <laughs> be a real jackass move. So. Folks. Or maybe, or or maybe uh, correcting the duck the duck tour guide, um, on a Boston duck tour. You see, that's more of an urban legend. <laughs> <laughs> sure, the legend the legend is strong, my friend. <laughs> it is, but it's not true. <laughs> so. I uh, before we get started, we're going to be talking about Hawkeye and then kind of segue into Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, it is going both... to be a Marvel night. It will be a Marvelous night. Damn it. You missed it. No, <laughs> I chose not to. You chose not to. How is it that you play off your mistakes as if you meant to do them every time? <laughs> Lots of practice. All the practice. So before before we get started, I just I wanted to let you know that on the plane in preparation for my plane flight, I downloaded a bunch of episodes of La Brea, mm, and nice. I was able to watch. I on the way back, I was able to finish up most of the season, and then I finished episode nine. Episode ten was the season finale. Correct. But. I didn't freaking download the final episode. So I'm sitting here. I still haven't had a chance to watch it. But I'm sitting here going, well, son of a bitch. How are they going to get to Topanga? Like, <laughs> the bus? I, the Mastodon Express. Oh, my God. No, they just ride the giant uh, sloth 
that went in and ate all their food. Lord. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, Sid. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to say, per your recommendation, I quite enjoyed it. So thank you for that. And I will be You're finishing welcome. it up this week. So um, very fun. And I like how they make fun of themselves as being like another lost. Another version yes. of Lost, like yes, it is. <laughs> but they're they're meta about it, so I, I and I like that kind of stuff. There's a self reflexivity that I don't like, uh, like in um, Martin Scorsese's Hugo, where he was self reflexive with the Hollywood film versus uh, using 3D as another method of telling a story, which I don't know if you got or did you ever see that movie. No, no, violent, I don't recommend it. It's terrible. Me. It's t- well, it wasn't violent. No one died, but it was just it was terrible. It was just a yeah, but you see if nobody dies. Was it really a Scorsese movie? That's what everyone was asking. Like, <laughs> Marty, you didn't kill anyone. <laughs> What's up with you? So that but, was the, uh, that was the year he tried to trim his eyebrows. Yes. Oh, my God. He broke see what happens uh, pinchers because of it so um anyway so that being said um it was good it was a good uh show you'll have to so, get back to me once you actually finish it i probably will <laughs> i probably will uh so that brings us to our next subject hawkeye thoughts i enjoyed it I know people were saying that it was like the lowest stakes, and it was. It, you know, there was no universal destruction. You know, even Falcon and Winter Soldier had some fairly international level of strife with that. You, you mean know. the destruction of Western society? Well, was, that what, was Win- that what the problem was? Was that what they were trying to do? Well, it was, uh, what was it, the relocation plan or whatever it was. The uh, Yeah, they, I mean, there was definitely an attempt to, like, stop, uh, you know, to, like, uh, serious hin- seriously hinder government agencies. So <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier had a very much Captain America Winter Soldier vibe. That kind of level. Yeah. Um, but with some other much more, you know, uh, th- with the also the added impact of fallout from uh, Endgame as well as the, you know, Sam and, and John Walker trying to take up the mantle of Cap. Plus Bucky's, you know, uh, uh, quest for redemption, and of course, Zemo's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, I think we talked about how I liked that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they didn't just sweep Bucky's past under the rug and have him be okay mentally. <clears throat> no, but and this is also what you saw with WandaVision, mm-hmm. with Loki. And with Hawkeye. With Hawkeye. No, there was no past. Well, it, in fact, it was a lot dealing with people with the impact of 
decisions, mm-hmm. which, of course, you get to see very clearly in Hawkeye and actually in Spider-Man. Yes, so, this is true. So there seems to be a theme of consequences in in this. Well, that's actually a good point because. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's. All right. Well, let's talk about the theme and then let's talk about some of the things we liked and some of the things we didn't, which I honestly I- I'm going to tell you right now. There's not really anything I didn't like. I just saw one missed opportunity, but I understand why they didn't do it. Um, but the, the 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 situation with consequences, which. What was the biggest lament about the early DC movies under Zack Snyder? Super dark. Not a lot of, not a lot of, well, both in tone and color scheme. Yes. Um, There wasn't a ton of positivity. No. Superman, who's supposed to be this relatively hopeful hero, for the most part, it was pretty, well, the color scheme was washed. It had almost that washed color that they showed like Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan with. Yeah. Yep. It almost seemed Matrix. like that kind of yes. As well as just there wasn't as much hope. And no. Which is ridiculous because they make that whole thing about what this symbol on his chest means. Yes. Um good answers. Not what I was going for. Uh, one of the biggest laments was so much utter destruction and so much loss of life. This particular man of steel. Um, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people have had to have died in that movie, right? Well, that's, and that's kind of where Captain America Civil War is impacted. Right. Well, I mean, in, and that's true. And Marvel kind of glossed over, but they also didn't, they kind of glossed over the 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 consequences of these big fights and stuff, but they also didn't show mass destruction of people uh, like Man of Steel did. I mean, the closest they got to it was Sokovia. Like, only 178 people died in the Battle of New York, believe it or not, which seems shockingly low to me. What can I say? <laughs> I, I'm Cap, okay. Cap. Cap put together a good plan. He did. Yes, he did. Um, so with the way that the Avengers were able to, or Marvel was able to mitigate the problems, they didn't have a lot of fallout until Sokovia, which is right about the time when, you know, we started seeing the changes in the DC movies where it was Batman versus Superman in 2016. And they made a point to have all that destruction happen in Where an abandoned did you island. Their name? Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and a missed opportunity. So, so it's interesting. Is DC went for less collateral damage in 2016, but in 2016, Marvel went for more purposefully, which led us into Civil War. Well, and it was, and it was all the consequences from Age of Ultron. Now that I think about it. That caused the Avengers to split up, allowed Thanos to be able to get the, the the stones, which allowed half the universe to die, which now we're dealing with all the consequences from that. Well, look. In some and, and one of the things that you hear, you know, you see throughout superhero movies, 
comic books is that a lot of sometimes heroes create their own villains. I think that's most of the time with Marvel because they're always fighting each other. There's well, very there's very little bad guy fighting. Well, there's also in most of these Marvel movies, the hero is fighting like a, a mirror opposite of them. Mm-hmm. Like Black Panther versus Killmonger. Yep. Iron Man versus Iron Monger in the first one. Yep. Captain America versus the Red Skull. Yep. Uh, Hawkeye versus Scarlet Witch. Not Witch. Uh, Black Widow. Uh, I haven't been drinking, I promise. I have been, and I'm very ashamed of you. <laughs> you should be. No, it was Hawkeye versus a bunch of Russian street thugs. Who, <laughs> can Bro. I just say... <laughs> Can I just say they were pretty entertaining? Oh my god! <laughs> what is it? Was it help bro out or something? What was the name of their their moving service? Trust a bro. Moving trust company? a bro. It was trust a bro. <laughs> yeah. Of all the cartoonish things that they did, that was probably the most cartoonish situation that I have ever seen. But but that's exactly apparently how these guys really are in the comics. Yeah, no, no, it's true. And they played it up. They didn't, they didn't, they weren't ashamed of it. They weren't afraid to hide it. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. That was one thing I, I really liked, the cartoonish tracksuit mafia. <laughs> well, and all of them saying, bro. <laughs> right. And if you look at Hawkeye, you either have really serious characters mm-hmm. or cartoons. I mean, look at <laughs> what was his name, Jack? Uh, Kate Bishop's soon-to-be father-in-law. Oh my God, yes. Who I thought was much more of a problem than he turned out to be. <laughs> right. Which is actually one of the things I kind of enjoyed was just how Armand was wasn't it? Armand. That Armand was his eight. uncle. Armand the third was his uncle. It was Jack, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I cut you and off. Continue. He was he was really kind of funny. <laughs> like he sh- he gets out of prison, he shows up with his sword strapped to him, and Hawkeye's like, "It's a weird flex, but okay." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he showed he gets- all these mad skills. Right, and then he gets all giddy that he gets to use it to fight the tracksuit mafia. Mm-hmm. And then, this is awesome. And then you have the LARPers who, and I'll say, and I, one of the things that did perturb me a little bit was the guy saying to Hawkeye, dude, you were a superhero in real life. I, I've never come close. The guy was a firefighter. I know. <laughs> I and one of the other LARPers was a cop. I'm like, he, he, like, uh, dude. Seriously, <laughs> but guys, that was I, I'm like, it, 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 you think somebody really should have been like Clint, but somebody else should have said like, um, don't you run into like burning buildings? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> or although or, Clint walking around is like, I fought Thanos when he's yeah. being told he's got to lose <laughs> the no. Little LARPer dude, just so we can get the Ronin suit back. Yep, <laughs> I, I fought Thanos. <laughs> that was great. Oh, uh, that that you had know, Mrs. I, McKay crying. She was laughing so hard that scene. 
you know, it there was some good humor in the show. Mm-hmm. Definitely And you can go ahead and take WandaVision aside, particularly in the first couple episodes, because all the TV shows they were parodying were comedies, right? Right. They were sitcoms. So but there was always that underlying like creepiness, like there was something evil or mysterious going on. Right. You know, very like Stepford Wives kind of thing. Yeah, there there was something underneath that we knew was there. We just couldn't pinpoint it, but we knew it was there. So we couldn't take it for what the facade value had. Right, so go ahead and take out the fact that they really spent like the bulk of two episodes being (laughs) sitcoms. Mm -hmm. Um, Which at times were funny, especially when you realize just how absurd some of those old shows were. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this this one was pretty funny. I really enjoyed the hilarious interactions between Kate Bishop and Elena Belova. Kate Bishop. <laughs> and what I really think is funny because it definitely seems like Elena has a girl crush on Kate. She might. It's, it's not not out of the realm. And Kate. I'm okay with that. And Kate definitely has this, like, a little bit of, like, shock and awe of Yelena's skill set and everything. Like, oh, when yeah. they're in the elevator after, like, beating each other through the thing. And they're, like, Tanya's like, hey, that was a good move. Oh, thanks. This is what... <laughs> yeah. But then when they're sitting eating the, whatever it is, macaroni and cheese. Yep. You know, it's... I think they're... she put hot sauce in it. Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently was all Florence Pugh. Um, uh, good for her. Like, yeah, so... <laughs> it was it was enjoyable um, they definitely had some real gritty moments uh, Echo, Maya Lopez that's that's a hard story mm-hmm. Kingpin offed her dad and by the way Vincent D'Onofrio back as the Kingpin I couldn't that stop just... I couldn't stop fanboying and turning to Mrs. McKay going, isn't he so menacing? Isn't he so dangerous? Isn't he so great in this role? And I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, did they make him bigger than the Netflix I, thing? And then, I, then they when did. they when they tore when he tore off the 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 car door, I realized, mm-hmm. oh, okay, they they powered him up. They powered him up just a little bit, <laughs> which wouldn't surprise me considering he was probably around during the blip, the five year period. And he probably was looking for some juicing. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's fascinating. One, the fact that despite all the the issues that Marvel Studios had with the Marvel Netflix and the Marvel Television, which is a little frustrating. It's yes. not nearly as bad as what DC did, has done to its TV properties, but. Um, it's nice that they've got they've brought Vincent D'Onofrio back as the kingpin mm-hmm. and as we'll discuss somebody else came back from Netflix yep and it sounds like there's more on the way oh so many more which would be neat I personally would like to see a couple of people brought in from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's just me I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know 
they're basically doing everything possible to wipe the thing from canon. But <laughs> with the multiverse, it, it still technically is there. Phil Coulson lives. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's still there. So it's very easy to see how it would be a side universe, very similar to our own, but not quite, if you know what I mean. Wouldn't it be neat if Phil Coulson showed up in the multiverse of madness? That would be so great. And you probably ruined and it basically, for now. And basically acting <laughs> like he was in phase, phase one of the MCU, where he's oh, like, yeah. Hi, I'm Phil Coulson. I'm an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be like the liaison to the <laughs> Avengers. Oh, I like, like you. You're coming with us. <laughs> yeah, that'd be neat. So back to Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I think they did a pretty good job of expanding the Marvel Universe. And this was all street level. Yeah. I like. It was kind of like a little bit like Daredevil mm-hmm. in that respect. Um, but really, aside from a little bit of. Maybe the Kingpin has, you know, maybe taken the super soldier serum. Yeah, because we know it's around. And Pym particles. (laughs) That's possible, too. That that no, I mean, those like those are like the only things I can think of that they really showcased. That Mm -hmm. was. Really outside the realm of, of. Normal stuff. A re- believability factor, so to speak. For the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I felt that, I felt, yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, I enjoyed <sighs> the fact that it was such a street-level story. Um, I, I found it interesting to see Clint, they finally showed him being more human. Like, I've always had this theory that he has this low-grade power, superpower, which makes him being able to, you know, fire arrows without looking at something. You know what I mean? Um, But he obviously doesn't have super strength. Uh, It's just super sight and, like, super, you know, know, intuitiveness. I honestly think he's just highly trained. And and I have no proof with my theory, and you could absolutely be correct. In the ultimates, like they showed in the ultimates, they talked about how some people like Hawkeye and Black Widow had a low grade power of some some type, but it wasn't like fully fleshed out. Um, So but that's where I got that idea from. And I I like using that. But I thought I thought it was interesting seeing his vulnerability physically, especially with the kind of close to home. I mean, he's out there lying down with like ice on both his knees. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's he's going deaf in one ear. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it was a little real at times. It was, uh, yes. I mean, he was like he was getting the shit beat out of him all the whole time. Uh huh. It kind of goes back to the conversation he and Laura have. In the farmhouse in Age of Ultron, where she's like, "I see you with these gods and and whatnot." And he's like, "What? And you don't you don't think they need me?" He's like, "No, I think they do." Yeah, <laughs> but you're you're only human. 
mm-hmm. you know. And it, it there's a point to that. His physical and emotional and mental toll of being an Avenger, of being an agent of Shield, of being Ronan, definitely took its toll on Clinton. You could see that he was having like a stress issue during the and PTSD episode during uh, the Rogers musical. Yep. <laughs> Which that's, Which, a, by that's the a way, thing in and of itself. It, it, I'm not a huge musicals guy, but they did get some, some Broadway dudes to write the song. They did. <laughs> and it was sad. It was, I'm a little ashamed to say it was catchy. It was catchy. You know what else? Uh, I read an article, I read an interview of them where they were like, Kevin Feige came to them and they go, you never say no to Feige. And he goes, I need you guys to write a Broadway quality musical, but not have it be good. Like, (laughs) okay, so we got to we got to work within these margins of having it be enjoyable but also having it be a little schlocky to the point where Hawkeye would get irritated with it and walk out. Well, by bringing in Ant-Man, they sure as hell did. (laughs) Which they also attributed to the idea. They did that on purpose because they wanted to show how much the news press gets big facts like this wrong. Like... Like something as huge as Ant Man was not around when the Battle of New York happened. Oh. Well, no one cares. I, you know, someone probably reported that he was, and they just went with it. Or yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, we need to spice this up a little bit or add a little more humor yes. or something to it. True, true. But um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but Clint being, uh, you know, so human and, and so vulnerable, I found that interesting, especially when he was able to get out of it with the Chitari. He was able to get out of it with a bunch of robots. Um, I mean, he almost got killed, let's be honest. And every and time Rise of Ultron, uh, not Rise of Ultron, Age of Ultron. Age. Um, but this time is when we actually see major damage being done to him. And how he has to cope with that. Um, yeah, well, there's no magic healing machine that makes a, uh, a laser shooting vibranium robot like like in Age of Ultron when he got no. put in the little heal, healing machine. This is true. Well, he's got, like, frozen vegetables taped to him. <laughs> so, what do was... you think? Okay, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 that's fine. I... What well, were you I... saying? I was going to skip to the end and ask you what you thought of the ending, but if you had something else you wanted to add to it, now's the time. Well, right now we know that this is definitely going to spin off at least one TV show. Explain. I think I know where you're going, but I don't want to step on your Lopez becomes Echo. Oh, that's so right, yeah. We know that that is happening. That has been announced. Yep. So, likely... You might you will see the fallout from this. There is at some point Elena Belova is going to show up, and what I am very curious about is how does 
Elaine from Seinfeld and uh, 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 Kate Bishop's mom. I mean, because at the end of Black Widow, it kind of looked like Valentina hired Elena to kill Clint. Yes. And then it's you see that Elena's hired by Kate's mom to kill Clint. So yep. I'm hoping that there's something that that factors those in because that Black Widow was supposed to be Valentina's first appearance. Correct. Not in um, Falcon the Winter Soldier because of all the <sighs> shit show that went on with, with Black Widow. So Right, right. It'll be interesting to see how they tie it together. There is a rumor that that Valentina is actually going to be behind the um, Thunderbolts formation of the dark, the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers. I was going to say, I, I think it was, I was going to say Dark Avengers, but Thunderbolts makes more sense. Well, that yeah, you could, I could see her working with Ross, mm-hmm. getting their hands on Zemo. Uh, Yelena, possibly abomination. Oh, they'll get abomination. They're bringing the the the, the there is a reason well, why they showed him in Shang Chi. Well, he's also, I think, supposed to show up in She Hulk. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Along with Mark Ruffalo back as Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Um, I I enjoyed Hawkeye. I get that when some people said it wasn't as maybe impactful to the overall story of the MCU, I now doubt that because I really do think that the Kingpin is still alive. Oh, he's alive. They they can't just bring him back like this and have him go out like a punk bitch at the end. No, they didn't show him dying, so he's alive. (laughs) Picks or it didn't happen. Exactly. That that's how comic books work. Right. You can't have an off-screen death. You just can't. But um at the end, speaking of <laughs> King Are we Pin, talking the end or are we talking the post-credit scene? Not the post-credit. I mean, we already kind of talked about the post-credit scene, but Not not Okay, so really quick before we do that. Do you feel like we were screwed by not getting a true post-credit scene? No, not at all. <laughs> I know that a lot of people are. I'm a little bit more forgiving in that circumstance. Well, I was kind of thinking that maybe we would see like somebody sitting in the audience, like, you know, I thought, okay, well, they're going to do it. And then there's going to be somebody else watching that might lead us to think like that would have been cool. Or, you know, maybe like Rody sitting in the audience going, Man, at least I was already in the MCU at this time. (laughs) Why am I not in this? You know, or, or, you know, something like that. You know, Mm kind of thought you might, you know, I thought they might pan the audience and you'd see somebody watching it like Mm -hmm. Kate or something. That would have been fun. Um, Um, Or, or, or even Yelena or something like that. And I I was going to say Daredevil, but (laughs) why would he be watching a musical? Well, I'm sure he could hear it. Yeah. Uh, So, I don't know. When they started doing that, I I laughed. I thought that was fun. So I was like, all right, well, we're going to see somebody else 
Nope, it was just a straight-up nope. musical number, <laughs> yep. which wasn't bad because it was kind of neat to see the whole thing from the beginning and end. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed that. I thought it was great. But I also know so, why Clint walked out. Yes, we all know that, too. They did a great job. They they made it they made it a catchy tune, but also very cheesy to the point where you can't really take that seriously, you know? Well, I mean, they have all the Avengers dressed like frat bros. Yes, this is true, too, with the what Hulk with the, the hood on. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so going to the end, we're going to this will help us segue a little bit into Spider-Man No Way Home. I immensely enjoyed the fight scene at uh, Rockefeller Center. I thought it was great. I thought, I, I, I mean, I, I thought it was great that they paired up Kate Bishop with fighting Kingpin, which scared me, to be honest with you. Yeah. But it showed it showed her her acumen pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the trust of bros, <laughs> just you know, running. I mean, an endless stream of trust of bros coming down. Um, I was I was convinced. I was absolutely positively convinced that they were going to need help from an outside source. It was either going to be Daredevil or Spider-Man. I actually thought Yelena or Maya would show up and lend a hand in the big fight. Um, That's a more reasonable, that's a much more reasonable situation, yes. Like Yelena would show up and like, okay, I get to kill Clint, not you, Mux. (laughs) <laughs> so she she just waited for Clint to be basically exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then and then he de- he 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 dearmed her with his words. Disarmed. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. He disarmed her with her with his words. Yeah. Well, I think it was interesting. I'm definitely glad they didn't try to shoehorn him into taking her home for Christmas. <laughs> True. He so, took Kate home, which is he took fine Kate because, home because you know she did send her mother to jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can was, see why I would expect Daredevil or or Spider Man, right? Yeah, because we literally saw Rockefeller Center at the end of Spider Man No Way Home. It was we did. literally the same year, the same time period. And we saw the, the Captain America shield. They talked about oh. it. Yelena talked about it. Yep. Well, I'm a little... I did mean, we actually see the shield on, on the Statue of Liberty? I don't think we did. She, I think she just talked about it. No, but you saw that they were working on it. I think you did see a little bit of the Statue of Liberty with, like, stuff being worked on or something. I think I missed that. No, you know what? I think there was, like, an overshot of man of, like, New York, and it was standing because they were working on it in Spider-Man. Right, and then it should have been. Come on, guys. Would you just fucking (laughs) put it in order? Making my head hurt right now. (laughs) No, because you have to think now. It's unnecessarily complicating the plot, which makes it seem well, more they sophisticated. They really unnecessarily complicated it with fucking <laughs> their their timeline snafu in the in Spider Man 
uh, homecoming. Oh, I know. And I I can bet heads rolled with Kevin Feige. Like just he was walking through Sony going, what the filth and filth and filth. But um but yeah. So out before of before we switch fully to, to Yeah, no, I'm not switching yet. Fully to Spider Man. I wanted to say this. I I was always always thought that you know, Linda Cardellini as uh, Laura Barton needed just a, even just a little bit more screen time. You know, yes. she's a decent actress. You know, she provided a little bit of humanity when people needed it. And you got like three lines combined. In in Endgame, after her not appearing in Civil War, Infinity War, <laughs> true. You know, was the only other time we saw her. It was Endgame and and Civil and and uh, Age of Ultron, wasn't it? I think so. Until now, yeah. Which, and again, she was still. I didn't think she got a ton to do, but they started dropping hints. In the phone calls, when he starts having her run like traces. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, she's just, got a past. Do you know what the significance is of the watch? I had to have someone tell me. I do now. Yeah. I didn't catch was, it. <laughs> she was Agent 19, who was Bobby Mockingbird. Morse. Mockingbird. So there's questions. Is she, is Laura Barton, uh, like, was, did she change her name? Is she re- really Bobby Morse? Is, does that, is, is the number... Kind of like 007 or something like that. Right. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you're 19 now. And then when you retire, somebody else is 19. But what this does tell us is that Laura Barton was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. And apparently a very capable one. Uh-huh. Who retired. She married Clint and started having kids. All totally respectable, which I liked. I like, it would have been cool to see her pop out with like a pistol and like smoke some dude to yeah. bail Clint out just once. With a couple batons, maybe. Maybe a baton <laughs> or maybe a, you know, a something. Um, I do. I did feel I, I've always been a fan of hers. Uh, and I, I'm glad that they gave her some kind of they explained a little bit of or they they hinted at her history. Which only tells me that they plan on having her be more extensive in the future. Somewhat. Anyway, you hope that means you see a little more of her. Maybe she maybe she helps Clint train Kate or something like that. Uh, it's got to be, right? I mean, um, they're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They, they know combat. She She's all self-taught with all these different disciplines. And I, uh, Kate Bishop is. Because uh, she wanted to be a superhero, so you know, I like I liked Haley Stanfield as Kate Bishop. I thought that was a good casting choice. I thought she played pretty well off of Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner, the constantly put upon version of Hawkeye. <laughs> yes, but yes. his his guilt about being Ronan. 
and his efforts to try to protect people by getting rid of the suit, then that's that was powerful. And then now you start seeing that this is this could spin off either Kate Bishop becoming a member of the Young Avengers, or she could, you know, or the next Hawkeye series, which by the way, they basically hinted that he just was gonna have her call herself Hawkeye. Right. Talked about a name. So maybe season two of Hawkeye. I don't know if they've confirmed. Many Hasn't seasons. been confirmed yet. Right. I I know. I think they said WandaVision is not getting a second season. Which makes sense because that was a big one off uh, thing. I don't think it doesn't look like Loki will be. Maybe Loki will get a second season. No, no. They said at the end of the, the post credits. Oh, that's right. And of course, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be Captain America and the Winter Soldier. But they Which, said they will return, so no one knows if it'll be a season two. Yeah, or this will be we in don't this know what role. Proposed Captain America 4. I think it's Captain America 4. That's what it is. Well, the good news is that they're still... They're all tied together, sort of. Yes. <laughs> so... What bothers me, too, is I I think we all definitely thought that all of these series were going to tie closer together. I think there was probably some unfair exceptions about that. Like... You didn't see any hint of Loki in any of the other series. What if? I'm taking what if out of the equation. (laughs) Okay, what if does need to come out of the equation, basically. Because they can do whatever they want in that. Sure. Um... But what what did you, you know, what did you want them to do? I, I guess it's not it's not so much what I wanted. I just essentially thought that they might be a little mm-hmm. like something like Wandavision might have triggered something to do with Loki, or okay, or maybe maybe Hawkeye or like. Maybe Sam Wilson shows up in. Maybe he reaches out to Clint or something. You know, kind of thought that some of these series might tie together. I mean, if you were looking at it like Loki and WandaVision would have the greatest chance of connecting, I think, with these. And yeah. Back in Winter Soldier and. Hawkeye would be well, just based off of their subject matter. Yes. Or like or somebody reaching out to Clint to talk with Bucky. The two of them talking about their lives as assassins and the uh, regrets they have of that. You know, something like that. Uh, yeah, all valid. I had none of those expectations, and I don't know what that says about me. Well, and don't I, forget, everybody thought Mephisto was going to be like the big bad. Oh, yeah. Running underneath 
at least the supernatural versions like right. WandaVision and and uh, Loki, like there would be Mephisto. I didn't really think after watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I didn't think Mephisto would show up there. No. But Well, this will prompt my question then. Out of all the series, how would you rank them? Favorite to least favorite? You can take what if out of the equation. I'm taking what if out of the equation. Although I did find that very enjoyable. I did too. And I I like the different takes. Dead air. Okay, so I would say... (laughs) and 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 I... I think the ones I was really looking most forward to, and I will bring What If back into it, because as soon as I heard of What If, I thought this was going to be pretty neat. So I'll say that I was really looking forward to that one. But still, I think I was looking forward to Falcon and the Winter Soldier the most. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Because I thought, well... He doesn't have. He's the only one with of the original without a solo movie. So I thought he deserved a shot at it. Yep. Jeremy Renner's a pretty good actor, so I thought maybe that would. So I thought that would be good. Wandavision and then Loki. I was not upset. You know, I was not. I was very excited for all of them, but I think that would be the order of what I was looking forward to. As far as order of what we got. WandaVision kind of kept you on the edge of your seat. I'll I'll say that. That, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, were kind of tied for me because, again, I really liked the idea of Cap or, like, um, Sam and Bucky mm-hmm. and everything that was going on with that. I, I liked... Well, I mean, when they started naming off cast members, you're like... How many villains are going to be in this movie? You have Zemo. You have... uh, You knew there was going to be a problem with the U.S. agent when they announced him. Mm -hmm. You knew that... uh, And another thing that I thought might have been a connection would be like Thunderbolt Ross at least showing up with... Hawkeye, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier, and maybe WandaVision. Yeah. Well, they're saving him for She-Hulk. Probably. <laughs> Red Hulk. So. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just. I have enjoyed them. And you don't have a. You don't have a ranking. Not really. All right. I do. Um. <laughs> So what I was looking forward to the most was Falcon and the Winter Soldier, followed by WandaVision, followed by Hawkeye, followed by Loki. And I I was least looking forward to Loki. I mean, I was going to give it a shot, obviously, but I was least looking forward to it because I wasn't sure what to expect. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, he's a great villain, but why do we need a whole TV show based around him? Right. That was my thought. Because nobody can get enough of Tom Hiddleston as Loki. <laughs> Apparently. After watching it, after watching everything, my order, and favorite to least favorite, not meaning that the least favorite is bad, okay? I want to be clear. I'm not saying my least favorite is bad. These are just my favorites, all right? Least favorite, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
Next up, WandaVision. Then Loki, and my favorite was Hawkeye. Very I'm cool. shocked. I am shocked. I just, I, which, you know, I don't know. I, take that for what you will. But Interesting. I mean, they're all good, by the way. I want to be clear about that, but that's how I feel. That's how it settled with me after this year of Marvel uh, Studios TV shows. 2021 gave us so much Marvel. And, also, and it felt like it didn't. Well, we got five TV shows. Yes, we did. <laughs> we did. We got three movies. Yep. Including easily the most anticipated movie. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Eternals was a new direction. And it I was didn't see very, it yet. It was a very diverse cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it had some pretty big name, well, actresses anyway in, in, in the movie. Yeah. Um, but then you also had Shang-Chi, which I found good. enjoyable. I, it, I was, was, it was, it was, good. it wasn't groundbreaking in my opinion. Not, not in the same sense that Spider-Man No Way Home was pretty groundbreaking. It was universe breaking. It was, it was, yeah, it was universe breaking. Shang-Chi was enjoyable. He, he's an enjoyable character and I look forward to seeing more of him. And we're all, by the way, we also need to have Aquafina by his side the entire time. So... <laughs> I am not usually a big fan of Aquafina. <laughs> I, I can really understand not. some people can only tolerate her in small doses. I well, am not one of those one, people. <laughs> she sounds like she's, she smoked a case of cigarettes before each. Quite possibly. But I don't hold that against her. <laughs> I'll say this as the movie went along. She got a lot more tolerable. Yeah. Because you might say she grew on you. I'll say her character seemed to mature, <laughs> which was good because everything else I've seen her in, I've wanted to put my head through the TV. Oh, wow. Wow. Hey, man, but that's just me. Okay? That's just you. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to lie. No, I want I you to tell the truth. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. But. So, but we got a lot of Marvel this year. Spider-Man. We all and knew it was because they dropped a big bomb on us when we finished the previous Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then when they said, well, okay, so no Tony Stark. And now we no Nick Fury, right? Because Spoilers, Fury, by the way. Well, all Nick the spoilers. Fury, yes, sorry. Well, I mean, there's no... Spoiler of knowing there wasn't going to be Tony Stark. No Tony no, Stark. No, no, I'm just setting the stage. We're going to right. be talking everything on this one. And we're going to have to do it in about 20 minutes, I think. 20 to 30 minutes. We can. We can. Uh, so Spider-Man, good. No. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider good. Better. Spider-Man, <laughs> great. And there you go. That That's it. That's Yes. That's, there you go. There. No, no, that's no. Spider-Man, good. Spider-Man amazing and Spider-Man great. <laughs> Cuz he was amazing. Well, he was okay, truly so, amazing. <laughs> so 
Spider-Man breaks the the Spider-Verse, the multiverse, whatever it is, and he fucks with Doctor Strange's spell after asking for his help because, of, as I've mentioned before, heroes create their own problems in a lot yes, of ways. Yes, rather than going now, to the, uh, the acceptance <laughs> department uh, to see if he could protest or, or make his case that he could go into MIT. <laughs> but he was still being hunted. I mean, I mean, I get it. Okay, the kid was doing his best to protect the people he cared about. Mm-hmm. Road to hell is paved with good intentions. So that that's a fact. We all know it. It's it's a tough one. Get that. Spider Man is a great character. Tom Holland is fantastic as Peter Parker in Spider Man. Yes, he is easily the most believable. Yes. As Peter Parker in Spider-Man because one, he was the youngest by yes. far. Tobey Maguire was in I think his late 20s and Andrew yeah. Garfield was like nearly 30. And yeah, he was very spastic to me. Who? Andrew, Andrew Garfield? Garfield? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I didn't really find... Those movies or that version of Spider-Man to be my cup of tea. The movies weren't bad. Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man movies weren't bad. They weren't bad. Actually, the first one was pretty darn well made. Very well done. Again, I didn't yeah, want but, it to exist. But, they, but, but before Raimi, you know, Ra- it took Raimi three movies to overstuff. They <laughs> yes. overstuffed. They overstuffed the second one. Well, we we can blame Avi Arad for that and uh, uh, Amy Pascal. So <laughs> I don't even know who they are. So heads of Sony, heads of Sony. Well, boo. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did this major thank you at the end of the credit scene for the master, the the visionary that brought Spider-Man to the screen, Avi Arad. And I'm like, dude, he nearly killed Spider-Man too. So don't, don't give me that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was perfect. The, the perfect amount of fan service. I loved seeing Willem Dafoe back and I love seeing, uh, Doc they were all Alfred good. Alfred Molina. They were Alfred all great. They were all very good versions of mm-hmm. their Jamie Foxx was that was a much better version of Electro. Oh yeah, um, and um, yeah, he was great. I I, I, lo- I enjoyed him a lot better in this than I did in in Tasm Two, the Amazing Spider Man Two, Tasm. Uh, <laughs> so That's what they call it on the internet. Yeah. We're on the internet, dude. You gotta speak internet. And I'm speaking. <laughs> okay, again. Uh, so who 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 were the villains? They had Green Goblin, had Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus, Sandman, uh, Sandman. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, right? Lowell from Wings. Yep. Me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Electro. Electro from Tasm 2. And then uh, the lizard. The lizard. 
Is that it? Was it just the five? It was just the five. It was very close to a Sinister Six, but it was better that they just left it at five because that's all. Because the, they couldn't do the set. They couldn't do <laughs> for for important purposes. They couldn't bring Harry in um, from either from either the Amazing Spider-Man or uh, the Raimi universe. <laughs> well, no, they definitely weren't going to bring in James Franco because he's been canceled. Yeah. Uh, and I can't stand the guy who did the. Dane other... DeHaan. That's, yeah. That's Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Thou, thou name shall not be spoken. <laughs> it was it was he fun looked, to see that all, though. He looked like Gollum. A little bit. Yeah. And, and he was in Chronicle. He was great in Chronicle. Did you see that? No, fortunately. Oh, you should. You should see it. It's good. Hey, I don't threaten you. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, so. Michael B. Jordan was in Chronicle, too. He, he was in Creed, man. Yeah. Creed himself. Yeah. But we don't talk about one of the other we... things he was in. No. No. Easily one of the best Marvel villains they had out there, though. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, he was kind of right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the awkward I mean, part, right? <laughs> that, that he had a lot of truth to his. Yeah, to, to his motivation, yes. Um, um, let me think here. Well, I mean. So they brought back. Eight people from the previous five spider well, nine people who were in the previous ten, I guess, if you want to include the Venom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean they no, really brought was... in Yeah. They brought in a lot from all of these interconnected mm-hmm. or, or actually really more disparate uh Spider Man universes. Yes. I mean, all we were missing is John Mulaney as the voice of Spider-Ham. <laughs> as one does. <laughs> or, or Nick Cage as Spider-Noir. Yes, yeah, Spider-Noir. Let me get it. Can I just say how much I really loved Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Yes, you can. It was and I so agree good, with you. and my kid loved it. She, I and she, s- she didn't want to go see Tom Holland. But you did want to go see wow. Into the Spider. Wow. I think it was the visuals that that really yeah. got her. Oh yeah, the visuals are I mean, yeah, definitely. And the voice cast of that movie was absurd. Haley Seinfeld as as Spider Gwen. Chris Pine as the original Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean now, here's my lament about that. About into the Spider-Verse for all of its wonder and mastery and everything. Uh-huh. I feel like it took away some of the magic of seeing Toby and Andrew and Tom together on screen as the three Spider-Men. You know what? I was worried about that when I was sitting there because I was like, into the Spider-Verse. And then as I watched them work together, I was like, nah. <laughs> nope. Well, it was. I, I I am thoroughly enjoying these as two separate events. 
True. And they are. And And they absolutely are. I'd be lying if I said when I saw the Justice League movie that I didn't enjoy seeing all the superheroes together fighting, you know, uh, Steppenwolf and stuff. And I still haven't seen the the Snyder Cut. so You're going to have to carve out a day for that one. But I also really loved watching all the Arrowverse crossovers, the really big ones, Mm -hmm. you know, like Crisis on Earth X and, you know, Elseworlds and Crisis on Infinite Earth, where all of a sudden you have, like, everybody from, like, Superman to uh, Green Arrow and, you know, The Flash and all these great supporting heroes that they brought up in these TV shows standing side by side. Really, some of those started to look a little bit like Justice League Unlimited cartoon. Yes, yeah. was pretty neat. Um, But without trying to get too sidetracked, Spider-Man and Spider-Verse, I was able to separate. I enjoyed them both for what they were. I did too. I just was, what bummed me out, and I wouldn't say bummed, it was just... I, I I was like, oh, I had already kind of seen this already. Not the story. Oh, Story's really? different. They've misnamed the movie. It shouldn't have been Spider-Man No Way Home. It should have been Doctor Strange and the Spider-Verse of Madness. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would have been good. Um, <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Internet type. There we are. So, but it was great seeing, I, I love the introduction of seeing Andrew first and, and they're looking for Peter Parker and then, and he climbs up onto the, the ceiling and, and Ned's mother, uh, grandmother is like, can you clean up the spider webs in the corner there? <laughs> Which... <laughs> I'll say that he was much less spastic. Yes. He definitely was a little, and I get it. He's supposed to be playing a high school kid. At 30 years old? Well, he's an adult now. I mean, right. like after so they Chasm 2. But he played that to be as an adult, right? Yes. A little bit more of an, an adult Peter Parker. And the guilt he had... Oh, the scene of him saving Zendaya was was pretty good after he had that emotional thing about not being mm-hmm. able to save Gwen. And I thought that was pretty... That was pretty neat. That was a nice way to do it. That was good. It was it you was know, good closure for him. Because you also got to see him have that closure. It wasn't like a, hey, yay, you know, we yeah. were high five things. It was like you get to see, like, this relief and this almost, like, weight lift off his shoulders. That mm-hmm. was a really great scene. We're just seeing Tobey Maguire as, like, a late 30s, 40-year-old Spider-Man. Yeah, mid-40s, actually. Right. But you... You know what I'm, I know he's older than that, but I think, but an adult Spider-Man. Yes. Trying to, really, he was trying to mentor the both of them. Right, he was, he was a father figure in a sense. And what I liked about it, a, a couple of the meta things, which I thought were fun, um, how he starts complaining about his back. Right, well, because <laughs> he up. hurt his back in real life. He, he hurt his back in real life playing Spider-Man, I think, in the first movie. Um, because in the second movie, they allude to his back being hurt when he fell down the building because his powers gave out. Yeah. Um, 
and that was fun seeing uh, Andrew uh, crack his back. <laughs> um, they they the, really did allow them to do. There was definitely a few moments they put in there just to see the two or three of them play off mm-hmm. each other. Yes, which was definitely enjoyable. And while it, someone could accuse it of a little bit of fan service, it was definitely fun to see. Because they definitely played their Spider-Man the way they played their Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And they were true to their version, which was appreciated. Yes. Because I, I have a lot of love for the Sam Raimi ones, because that's what I won't say I grew up on, because they came out like when I was in college. <laughs> yeah, they but did. they were ones that I was very much into. Mm-hmm. I, ver- I really enjoyed them. Now, what Wait. I'm hoping for is an appearance by Bruce Campbell soon. <laughs> oh, well, that's going to be in the multiverse of madness. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> Sam Raimi's got that one. Um, but um, Sam Raimi and the multi-Bruce of madness. The multi-Bruce of madness. Oh, my God. Oh, two. there's there's too much. There's too much to talk about. Um, the other thing was I liked was the meta thing was when Doc Ock sees Toby. And he goes, hello, Peter, how are you doing? Or how, how are things going? And Toby honestly answers, trying to get better every day. Which I found to be an interesting thing, because I think that was his allusion to him trying to work his way back into Hollywood's good graces again. I think he... it was a line from one of the earlier movies, though. Much like Willem Dafoe's... Uh... I'm something of a scientist. scientist myself. Oh, I was the only one who laughed in the theater when that happened. Well, I I definitely <laughs> found myself laughing at things in that movie that people around me weren't laughing at. No, <laughs> either, you know, they were missing some of the jokes. Yes, um, but I I thought that that was interesting. I honestly felt that that was, and I could be wrong, but it was a nice little thing because it sounds like Toby is interested in coming back again. And Andrew. And there, yeah. and there's a rumor that we're going to see Andrew in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, that's floated around a lot. I think I would still prefer if it was Tobey Maguire instead. No, true. But it, this made me fall in love with Andrew's Garfield all over again. With Andrew's Garfield? You mean he also played the orange cat? You know exactly what I'm talking about, yes. So <laughs> with Andrew Sp- Garfield Spider-Man. Um but um oh shoot, you made me lose my track cuz I messed up. Um did you do did you do the homework on this for this movie? Did you watch all 5 Spider-Man movies before this one leading up to it? No. Oh man, I made my family do homework on this. Right after Loki Right after Loki ended, I made the family watch the first Raimi Spider-Man, and then we worked our way through, and it was literally two days before we were seeing uh, No Way Home, and I made the the family watch Tasm 2 starting at like 10 p.m. on a Friday night, or or it was like 10 p.m. on a Saturday night, the, the day before we saw the movie. And Mrs. McKay and McKay Jr., Figured it out. They were devastated by Gwen Stacy's death, and well, that they was were from the comic books. Yes, it was, 
they were really appreciative of No Way Home and what it did. And I would say they should be appreciative of me for forcing them to watch it all to to, to get that that I mean it it really did fill in having it fresh in your mind. It really did feel nice to see them again. Um referencing those those previous it movies really in a sense. It really tied the room together, dude. It really tied the room together. It was like that carpet. Yep. So, um Anyway, yeah. Um and then with Spider-Man No Way Home ending the way it did, how did you feel about it? The solution. Well, basically it was a reboot. It really was. It kind of ended on a sense that if Marvel and Sony couldn't get their crap together, that that was it. That was it, and the Marvel universe would just move on. And Doctor Strange would forget Spider Man. They would all forget yep. Spider Man. They would all forget. Well, th- that's the thing, though. They didn't. They just forgot Peter Parker. Yeah, whatever. Still, I know it's a little but weird. They could have also forgot Spider Man. I think with an edit, they could have easily said, "Just forget Spider Man." I think that that was in the cards. You know what I mean? Right. So here's what I did. Here's something I liked. I thought, like, when we saw Peter at the very end trying to get coffee from MJ and Ned comes in, I almost thought that they would be dating. Uh, That crossed my mind, too, actually. Yeah. I'm kind of glad they didn't because then... It leaves it on a more hopeful message. Yes. Because he leaves with a smile on his face, having seen his best friend and his girlfriend, and seeing that she's still wearing the necklace. And there's... um, It it would almost seem like there was manufactured drama. Yes. That that, that that whole crap in Spider-Man 3 with... Harry and MJ when he's got amnesia or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was wholly unnecessary. Um, Most of that movie was really unnecessary. Yeah. Because they true. overstuffed it. It could have been two separate movies. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But that's what Sony wanted. And I so. know we got another surprise cameo. Daredevil, which you missed. <laughs> Did you have to? You didn't need to. No point. Yes, I had a snafu and missed the first couple minutes of the movie, but some people wouldn't be an asshole about it. I'm not. Listen, I I totally bought tickets to see Star Trek Four, and I missed it completely. You at least were able to to watch most of your movie. You saw. It years before you bought tickets <laughs> as an adult to go. Not see the it. same. Yeah. Not the same. The the the, the, the yeah. All right, I lost the argument. <laughs> as you normally do. Oh shoot, dude. <laughs> so, Them's is fighting words with what I have to do so, with my so, career. Sounds sounds to me like I didn't miss Daredevil. I just missed Matt Murdock. You just you yeah, so you didn't see Daredevil, you saw Matt Murdock, which was a but great thought, cameo. I, I'm sure it was, and I definitely enjoyed 
all the other things that came with Into the Spider-Verse of Madness, such as <laughs> not enough Wong. No. Ne- Did- there's never enough Wong. There's never enough Wong. Wong, Wong was hysterical Wong. in his limited screen role in Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. And every time he'd show up and he'd make me laugh and he'd leave, and I'm like, I love Wong. I yeah. Need more Wong. We need more Wong in the I, MCU. Who would have thought that we would need more of him in the initial impression during Doctor Strange? Because he came off as such an a-hole. And now he's like a lovable. But so is Strange. Strange was a total a-hole. We were expecting that, though. I I wasn't expecting Wong to to win my heart. (laughs) Well, he would have those little moments, like when he's listening to Beyonce, when Strange is taking the books from behind him. Yep. Or or when he just starts laughing his ass off at the end of the movie. You know, (laughs) Hong Kong. Yep. What I am glad to see is that they're bringing Mordo back, because... and, and. the 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 trailer for Strange Doctor Strange into the multiverse and the multiverse of madness was basically came right on the heels of this, right? Yeah, it was a post credit scene. Right. Quote unquote. <laughs> so you get that, you get So we get a lot to unpack in this movie. All right. So you have, if if Matt Murdock is in this and Daredevil's in Hawkeye, then that's coming. Okay? Nope. They're going to meet at some point. You mean, you mean Kingpin? Kingpin's in Kingpin. Hawkeye? Yes. And, and Matt Murdock's in Spider-Man. So that's coming. And they're, these two are only set weeks apart. Mm-hmm. Then you have the fracturing of the multiverse it may be not the multiverse but at least the spider-verse and they put cracks in the space-time continuum which yes wandavision loki spider-man they have all caused fractures to the multiverse as a whole yes mm-hmm. you have time variants you have reality bending the yeah, the reality bending, the dark hold, and the Scarlet Witch, and now you have the Spider Verse, multiverse, and Strange has got some shit to deal with. <laughs> yes, yes, he so does. So he's going to see Wanda. Mm-hmm. And we obviously know Mordo's going to show up. Right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought it sounded like you more were Wong. adding. You're going to add on to it. We're definitely getting more Wong. I look forward to it. Who? Who else? I'm trying to remember who else was. Oh, um, America Chavez, right? Her? Yeah. What's her character's name? Uh, uh, she was an ugly Betty. No, 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 no. That's, the, that's, that's America Ferrara. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> no, this is a character. Oh, America Chavez. Yeah. I don't have my Marvel book. Um, she. There's a girl 
wearing a jean jacket with a star on it. America Chavez Marvel. And it's, it's confirmed that she will make her live-action debut in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Is, is a fictional superhero second character to use moniker Miss America? Oh. So she's Miss America. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. I, this is the first time I've heard about her. But... We'll get to see her. Good. That'll be fun. Yep. Makes me wonder if we might, in this movie coming up, uh, if there's a Spider-Man. We say there's rumors that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man might be in this. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing, because Toby and Andrew both had such a great time working for Marvel Studios. It kind of, you know, brought their... It it made them love Spider-Man again. Spider-Man again, and rumors are Toby might be in for another project. Andrew is rumored to be in the Multiverse of Madness, and we'll see. So I hope, because I'd love to see more of Andrew. Uh, I'd love to see more of Toby. I mean, they both are great. They're both fantastic. It would be fascinating if we get to see cameos by other current MCU actors or former MCU actors. We see. We might see a... Tom Cruise as Iron Man. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. Seriously. There, there's, about? there's, there's a rumor that in another universe, Tony Stark was, well, not, not played by Tom Cruise, but they would have Tom Cruise play Tony Stark from another. Because universe. that's who they thought would play him in, the, in a '90s version of this. Yeah. Hey, the internet, the internet abides, man. <laughs> I was just saying you might see, like, Paul Bettany have a cameo as Vision if Wanda's involved. Nice. Or Catherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness. Agatha's getting her own show. She is. There's, there's some interesting things to be made out of this, so I'm curious. But Spider-Man, No Way Home was loaded and it was so really loaded. enjoyable it was it was not a short movie no it was not um everything from killing aunt may to happy hogan and his vincent vega haircut uh, <laughs> the return of uh jk simmons as j jonah jameson mm-hmm I, I will say this, uh, all of that was fantastic. I took the death of May really hard. Um, it had to be done, obviously, because Spider-Man, this, I didn't know it at the time, but looking back and other forums have mentioned that this Spider-Man never really demonstrated a loss. I mean, it was implied that Ben Parker died. But they didn't really talk about it, you know. Uh, but this, this was the movie that showed you can't be Spider-Man and have your own life. And it showed Peter Parker making the true sacrifice of losing everything and, I don't know. and becoming I mean, Spider-Man. I, I think I'm going to have to protest that one. You think so? Well, I, mean, I mean, it's not my how, idea. I mean, spent, it's 
an entire movie with him dealing how to get over the loss of Tony Stark. Yeah, and but he and that was a father figure to him and everything. But mm-hmm. it wasn't but he was also reliant on Tony Stark too. Whereas, you know, now, now he's on his own baby. He has no Stark tech. He's he's got yeah. literally what the fuck literally to all the Stark tech. <laughs> Damage control baby. I mean, he can't have Stark tech because the world forgot who Peter Parker was. I mean, that magic. A wizard did it. Literally. <laughs> still. Literally, like, a wizard did it. So. <laughs> I mean, how many Spider-Man suits did he have? I mean, he had the... The, the original he, from Berlin. Right. He, he got... Black and, black and red one. Right. From uh, Far From Home. And he had the Iron Spider. Yep. Yeah, the Iron Spider. Which... And, you know, and he still should have had the suit from Far From Home. Oh, maybe that got destroyed. I think that got destroyed. Far From Home. Well, it looked like... The, the black one Sp- from S.H.I.E.L.D. that S.H.I.E.L.D. gave him. Oh, may, oh yeah. That one, too. He's That's four outfits. Yeah. And now that he, he's got the original... They don't show it very well. Uh, they don't give him one one still shot, but I mean that is the truest original comic form version of the Spider-Man suit. I really like the one from Civil War and the beginning parts of No Way Home. Uh, no, uh, I mean, uh, Homecoming. No. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was great, but again, Stark Tech. No, so. again, money for movies. <laughs> Somebody has to. Have, they gotta have a new armor, a new outfit, a new whatever to sell toys. Yes, that that too, that too. But I don't know. That was, I, I felt that I loved the movie. The ending was bittersweet to me um, mm. for seeing all that sacrifice that he had to undergo. I, um, I also know that part of it was motivated by Sony in case they can't work something out with Marvel, but they still are. It's just a little bit more open-ended now. So. Yeah, it's got to be now. We left it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So. But overall, I mean, it was a great movie for to watch. I mean, if you're a fan of the other Spider-Mans, you're, you're going to. This is such a great treat. It's such a great treat. Uh, and you get to see development of the villains more. More development of the villains, more development of of the the, the original Spider Man. It's I mean they did it. I don't know how they pulled it off. Same way I don't know how they pulled off Infinity War and Endgame, but they did it. Easy. <laughs> Mephisto is controlling the uh, MCU. I can do this all day. So. <laughs> Or how's it going? I can do this all day. Uh, th- yeah, that was way off. So, <laughs> well, you are wearing what appears to be like a hooded sweatshirt, so I think you're good for that show. Yeah, that's uh, a blanket, but because <laughs> I'm well, California cold. <laughs> good movie, great movie, excellent yep. TV show, or. Uh, Hopefully getting some marvelous stuff in the 2022. Very near future, yep. A lot coming down the pipeline. 
Yes. So. Plus, in the event that you're a bit starved for Marvel content, stay on Disney Plus and go watch the book of Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. I didn't tell you, but when that came out last week, I was able to watch it within 10 minutes of first of it first going live. Because in Hawaii, it came out at 10 p.m. Mm. on Tuesday night. <laughs> so I was able to watch it right away. I felt I it felt scandalous almost. So <laughs> but maybe we should talk about that next week. What do you think? By then we'll be about three episodes in two episodes in. Well, yes, episode uh, two dropped today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only a six episode series. Maybe we should just wait till it ends. All right. Well, yeah, we could do that, too. So, well, we'll figure that Otherwise, out. Otherwise, really, it would just be three episodes. The Book of Bob Fett. <laughs> no O, Accountant. one T. <laughs> Accountant, too. <laughs> yeah. Really, the book of Bob and, Fett. And receiving, so. Um, all right, well, I think that brings us to the end. What do you feel? You think we're, you're, we're good, DT? I think we are. All right, perfect. Well, that means that's the ultimate ending. So, uh, until next time, folks, we'll keep, uh, you keep dreaming, we'll keep working, and so long. You can work, too, though. I can. All right. <laughs> Oh, you want to talk and, about and, working? You want to talk about working with this podcast? <laughs> not you, you. Yeah. You say we keep working. That's true. We do keep working. You, the audience, you can keep working. Oh, yeah. There. You can afford internet to listen to our podcast. This is true. This is true. A bunch of bunch of lazy, you know. No, they're not. not. Our people are obviously not working. <laughs> they're paying for their internet to listen to us. <laughs> this is true. It's true. I think I'm going to ruin this for everyone. So we usually do. <laughs> so, uh, why don't we just say you all have a great night, a great week, and we'll see you on the high ground. Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Site Productions, produced by DT Cavman and PS McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin Cloud at incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to thosescifiguys.com for past episode information.